and Chief Creative Officer at Sikalofia, Ari Shershek helps femtech, BTC, and woman-led companies craft a brand that delights their customers beyond a pretty design, deliver no-brainer user experience, and getting them the clarity they need to for their business to thrive online. She has over 10 years of branding and design experience, a certified brand strategist and UX expert. She has transformed business visions into a tangible, form that helps set their business apart from their competitors. As her diverse client roster assesses, the one constant in her work is spot-on design for major impact every time. Additionally, she serves as a design consultant, mentor, and professional peer in support of fellow female entrepreneurs through the number one ranked private business incubator in the world, 1871 Chicago. Interaction Design Foundation and ADP list. Welcome, Ari. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Unbossed. Um, I have a special guest today for you and a special day because it is my birthday. So please join me in celebrating my birthday. Ask me any questions about the podcast, interact with me. Uh, but before we get into birthday celebrations, I want to introduce. Ari Shershek, she is co-founder and chief creative officer at Sikalofia. In Sh- Welcome. Hey, Marina. Happy birthday. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you for coming on the podcast today. Yes, I know it's like a very chilly snowstorm day and also your birthday and you make the time to do this. I'm honored to be in here. Absolutely. There's like I don't know how many feet of snow are. <laughs> how many feet of snow are there for you? I, I think I have like at least two or three. Eh? Yeah, at least, right? <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, absolutely. Like, I wouldn't. I couldn't imagine doing anything else on my birthday except doing this podcast. So I'm super excited to have you on, and we're going to talk about uh, being a creative officer and your awesome story. Um, but first, let me just disclose to my audience and being super transparent, saying that. Um, Actually, I did not know how to pronounce Sikalofia. At first, when I saw it, uh, it's spelled C-H-Y-K-A-L-O-P-H-I-A. I will add all of the links to the podcast description so you can get into their website and check out Ari's profile as well as her LinkedIn account. Um, Ari, tell us a story about you and what was your upbringing? Oh, my upbringing. You know, recently I've been really looking at this when a good friend of mine actually asked me, Ari, do you have a personal philosophy? And I told her, I don't even know what that is. It sounds like beyond, you know, my intellectual, I feel like, because, you know, (laughs) only here, you know, people like Gandhi and, um, you know, these amazing, talented and super bright people have personal philosophy, but apparently it really nailed down into who you really are, right? What your purpose and then what really drive you. And to me, this really tied so close with my upbringing. My upbringing, gosh, um, looking back, I would say I was living in a very, very simple household. My parents, uh, both my mom and my dad, they didn't get the luxury of going to you know, higher education, right? My dad actually dropped out of elementary school while my mom dropped out of um, middle school. So it, it was really big that they wanted their first daughter and first born, aka me, right, to have all of these luxury of education, of getting that opportunity that will help me in my life, nice. basically. So yeah, yes. I was growing up in a very modest um, family that they, well, <laughs> they basically strive for it every day. Um, 
I wouldn't have it any other way because through them, I learned so many different things. I think we all are, right? With our upbringing, with our, you know, our parents or single parent or even like our surrounding that truly do make up who we are today. Yeah, I love that. And, and you did grow up in uh, Indonesia. Yes. Um, and so you're an immigrant like me. Yes. Um, <laughs> when did you... I was like, immigrant? I don't know. I don't like that word anymore. I need to find another word. But um, naturalized citizen, I like to say that as well. Um, where, when did you come to the United States? 2011. So that is honestly a very interesting time for me because I realized I needed to go outside of my comfort zone. I was literally in Bali, yeah. right? Uh, I just got back from Poland at that time. I was having this. Wait, wait, what? <laughs> okay, let's backtrack. Let's in... backtrack. What, you were living in Bali and you decided to leave Bali? Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. I know. Shocking, especially in this wait, winter what? season, right? Why am I here? I know. What? What? You choose Chicago? <laughs> Why did you tell me this? Now, I'm, I'm never going to let it go. <laughs> um, so, okay, let's assume, you know, that <laughs> for some reason you decided um, you decided to leave Bali. Tell me why did, 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 did we leave Bali, honestly. Yeah. Because I, I, I've never been, but I've seen picture of heard experiences. Yes. It's beautiful. It's amazing. Um, what was like growing up there? And, and what was the motivation of exploring other parts of the mm. world? You know... Bali is beautiful. That's a fact, right? I mean, with the culture, with, you know, all the different beaches that we have, you, you name it, what kind of beaches Ooh. that you want. You have like black sign, um, you know, white sand, the mix of it, we have everything. Yeah. Um, but, you know, being in it as people who live in the island day to day versus tourists coming in and enjoying the island was a completely separate experience, right? Yes, my co and I can understand that from the Dominican side as well, where we live like a person living in the island is different than yes. just going there and visiting. Part. Yeah, so, go ahead. Um, what was I? <laughs> I was thinking, going uh, to say yes. You sorry, to, I interrupted you, but I wanted to yeah. also relate to you. But um, you were saying that it, it, the experience is different, and living there mm -hmm. maybe for you was different than just like visiting, right? Exactly. So, what was that like for you? Well. For those who don't know, um, Balinese culture, which, you know, where I grew up with, and I am a Balinese as well, you know, our culture is very much tied with patriarchal culture, right? So everything is revolves around men. So growing up, I tend to see, you know, the men as the sole person doing the majority of things for the family, like going to work, you know, getting a job or even contributing uh, financial income to the family and making decision for all of the things in the family, or maybe not all of us, most of them, right? And wherever you look, you'll notice that, you know, so-and-so have a son, celebration, like sometimes even like brag and boast about it. And for those who have um, daughters, people tend to look down on them simply because they have daughters and they are not going to have, you know, a son who will carry the lineage, which I thought at the time, it's just not fair, right? It's, it's really, it's not fair. However, though, my parents, um, for them, it was really modest the way they're really looking at things in life, right? I mean, for them, having either, you know, boys or girls, it's equal. So I learned equality from them, really seeing like, how do you treat your daughters? How do you treat your sons, right? How do you project your vision for the kids that you have in your, um, you know, household? So with that, my parents just honestly wanting to make sure that I have the education I need. I think that's their main big thing, right? I want you to succeed. I don't want you to be like us, really grinding every day, just trying to make, you know, um, make sure that every, there's food on the table. So I learned a lot from them yeah. because of hard work as well. And then, you know, growing up, I have two younger sisters and it is not easy to be the firstborn when you have two younger sisters constantly looking up to you. And especially also your parents keep telling, <laughs> don't do weird things. Your sister's going to follow you. So be the example for them. It's like, man, that is like such a heavy burden on my shoulder. Um, but I think, you know, 
I failed to realize at that time that my parents really set me up for leadership, right? That I eventually needed right now in building my business. I am going to say this. um, I really hated my experiences as a big sister back then because I wasn't sure what am I doing. You know, I tend to share and or been like oversharing and give up most of the things that I like for my sisters because they wanted what I have, right? I think it's like a problem for a lot of like, you know, older siblings. But um, through that experience, you finally realize now looking back, it's actually good for you because your parents is really setting you for success. They want you to learn how to be, well, the leader, essentially, right? The example that other people can look up to. Um. Love it. I really love that. And and also, you mentioned like last time you saw your mom while she was in this patriarchal society. She was really running things for all of you because yes. you mentioned your dad was traveling a lot. So tell me a little bit about that role model, both of them, and how they played a you know influence in you and what do you do today. That's a good um, question. One thing to correct, though, my dad didn't travel a lot. He actually, well, he is a tour guide in a sense that he is like out um, a lot. But in terms of like a role between my mom and my dad, I think it's really interesting to see the difference in how they, you know, educate us and also raising me and my sisters. Right? It's really clear in terms of like their style of parenting. My mom is like this person who always expect perfection and I think part of my perfectionist thing I think I got that from my mom so I think for her is that really setting expectation is big for her and really you know get things done I really do learn that from her and just like really aiming towards what it is that you truly want right if you want something figure it out and then create a plan and work towards that particular goal I learned that from her whereas um you know from my from my dad I think I learned a lot of the ways to you know take some time to really look at your surroundings and also be social with others my dad is very much big in that he's like you know one of those people in the community that knows everybody like when I mean everybody like literally everybody he knows like you know people from different communities or even like people in um the political uh backgrounds and stuff like that i was like how do you even know these people and then he says well i talked to them like so you should try it again too what it's just so easily for him to just like say it and then doing it because i think he's so extroverted right so i was struggling a little bit like how do you become this person who can be relatable to others and the key was very simple you just listen and then if you hear something that truly excites you elaborate on that otherwise just be interested so um that are that are just like a couple of different things that i that i learned from both of my parents um i also learned big thing from my dad where he tend to really see things in a bigger picture Right. I think for for him to be able to um, share this because he had experience in the past going through different islands in Indonesia. He used to work for mm. one of the big, um, you know, first companies in Indonesia called Indofood, um, and he got a chance to travel all across um, Indonesia's islands. So he has a lot more vision in terms of like different cultures and different things that people do um, in specific islands or even, you know, well, habitat as well. So I think from him, I learned to see just really see that other people, you know, have their own thinking, have their own way of doing things, right? Being empathetic um, and opening yourself to just be an open mind person because you're not the only person thinking of one thing. Perhaps there's another, you know, people out there who basically do something exactly the same as you, but their approach could be completely different, right? Every one of us has yeah. our own unique approach and our uniqueness. Yeah, absolutely. That is so cool. What a cool experience and what a cool couple too. Like very opposite in some ways um what were the i'm just curious about like what were some of the things that you think they agreed upon like 
while they were being different, what were they agreed upon in terms of values? I heard like a value was equality, right? Like having girls and, and giving you that sense of like, you can do it as well. Are there other yeah. values that they give that they both agreed upon? And Well, it, it's, initially, this is the one thing that they have some argument on, to be honest with you. My mom was very adamant in, you know, getting me to find a scholarship, right? To fund, to, to fund yes. me going to college, essentially. Because I, I yes. didn't know what I wanted to be, Marina. Um, even though I yeah. love, like, li- listening to, you know, things around art and um, advertising and seeing those, um, you know, advertisement that we see on TVs as we were growing up and really thinking, how did they even, you know, come up with this concept and stuff like that? I didn't even know what I wanted, even though I feel like some interest towards that. But because I'm yeah. in the you know, environment that is filled with all things tourism, like every single person in my family are in tourism. So I don't really have like, you know, a role model, like beyond <laughs> tourism. So I was like, hmm okay wow. I guess that that's basically gonna be me right at the end of the day I'll be in this <laughs> so um my mom was so adamant it's like okay I think you can get this scholarship I know you can because you know how to you know speak English it's very good um I think you're gonna get it and my dad was like great if she get it great but he's not really you know hung up on it right I think he's like pretty much open to whatever I wanted to do so my mom wasn't really that open at the time. But when <laughs> I did turn down the scholarship, though, I told my parents that I wanted to be a designer. My mom was a little bit upset of that because she has this vision in her mind. Right? Okay, plan, and then things happen the way <laughs> And then when things doesn't happen the way it should, she's, like, freaking out. But, but I think... Um, I think they probably talk, obviously. I'm pretty sure my parents talk it out and finally come down to an agreement that they will be supporting me on my journey doing this. Um, especially my dad, because he did truly support like whatever makes me feel good, right? Whatever that I feel I can strive forward because I'm the one going to be, you know, in this path, not them, right? So um, that was the big realization that we had together, even though we don't really, you know, communicate it, um, I guess, like, in a nice way, we tend to yell a lot. I think it's, like, a very Southeast Asian thing. It's like, no, I don't want this. I don't want that. It's like, but, hey, we at the end of the day, all good. Um, and then we get to the same page. That's so funny because you're so quiet and, <laughs> and very, like, sweet. I am low-key scared right now of, <laughs> of like, what you 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 yell and you like get boisterous and okay <laughs> here's the thing what's happening on marina you know one of those like you yeah. know um telenovelas where you see people who will be just like yelling yeah. and things like that and you thought there wasn't like yelling right that's how we talk too in in bali so it's just kind of weird sometimes <laughs> And yeah, uh, probably your friends or partners are like, wait, why are you yelling? You're like, I'm not yelling. Exactly. That. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Okay. Well, um, that's a cool story. And was it nerve, like, was it nerve wracking to wait for that moment in which you were like, I don't know if they're going to go for this. Yeah. And how did you get that courage to, to tell them that you were not going to take this scholarship? You know, <laughs> like there was a plan. Yes. <laughs> there was a plan. Yes. Oh man. <laughs> this definitely takes me back. So going through the rounds of the interviews to get the scholarship, there were three rounds of interviews, right? I passed two, and then my parents were immediately, okay, yes, just one more step to the golden ticket, right? And I was like, okay, yeah, sure, great. But on the actual day of the third round of that interview, I thought to myself, hmm, you know, I'm not feeling it. I don't want this next scholarship. And then I was like thinking the whole time, waiting for my turn to get called into the room. I was trying to come up with a plan. Okay, how do I tell the judges that I don't want it? So I was like really like formulating, you know, a plan to do that. And when I realized, okay, I'm just going to say it. So I told the judges that these really, you know, wasn't my decision. It was my parents' will, technically. And I told them I want to be a graphic designer. And then they're like, are you serious? <laughs> like, are you serious? You already got it. And I just like, you know, drop it up. 
great. Uh, but you know, from all of that, though, I think I felt really good when I tell them, right? When I tell them that, I just feel like this is it. This is my moment to finally be able to see the path that I'm supposed to be on. I finally see the light at mm. the end of the tunnel. Like, that's where I want to go. Whereas previously, nice. with all of these things about... um the tourism and even like the work paper the paperwork that i needed to fill out i don't understand anything from it i was like what is this like i'm so clueless but after i say that i want to be a graphic designer i just finally feel and embody the confidence i needed and yeah yeah that happened. i love that i really love that because I, the, my next question was going to be like how do you know the difference between going after something and like running away from something mm -hmm. like so maybe were you scared or you know you didn't feel confident in it and so you were running away from it but it sounds like it was more like you were running chasing your dream because you said you not only said I don't want this you also said I want to be mm -hmm. x I love that <laughs> I love that story and and that's one of the things that I want like also like women and, and men honestly to practice like if you feel like you're you're running away from something try to state like what you want to what you want instead yes. and see if that feels good and if that feels amazing I think just go for it probably right agreed exactly that <laughs> Laura and um so then you came to the states um oh tell me a little bit sorry to to uh I don't know what, what, in what moment of this life this, this was, but tell me a little bit between what happened once you decided to be a graphic designer and then you come into the States and starting your career and, yeah. and more studies. Yeah, sure thing. No, yeah. Before I get to that, after yeah. I came out of that room, right, and I go home and I told my parents, the judges actually called me back to the hotel and they told me, hey, wow. Ari, thank you for telling us what you want. I'd like for you to come back to the hotel and would like to introduce you to a graphic designer in-house. I was like, what? That's awesome. That was such a nice gesture. I mean, they didn't have to do that, right? But I think through that particular experience, I met this woman who were the in-house graphic designer at the hotel. I think it was actually, um, you know, one of the top hotels near the um, Hilton. And I finally see myself in the future through her right and I think that is such a big big moment for me to finally realize I finally see a role model and I see myself in the future you know doing things that she would be doing so you spoke it into the universe though like yes. you said it you went out there you said it you materialized it in front of you isn't that you know creepy sometimes but hey in a good way right <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would say <laughs> creepy. <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely. is like, oh, sh like I have a lot more power than I thought I, I did. Know. That's cool. Yes. Um. Anyway, so that I went to college, obviously, to the Art Institute, um, in Indonesia, and through that four years, to be honest, I finally realized, like, okay, what are some of my strengths? Right. Sure, I have this big goal to be a graphic designer, but to be honest with you, I didn't know how to draw. So my first two years, my first two years in art school, to be honest, I was struggling, Marina, but I was like, I was crying at night sometimes. So, okay, man, I got to do this homework and I didn't even know what to do with it. I got to figure it out. I think it truly proved me that whatever it is, I need to get to that goal, right? Whatever I need to do, I got to figure it out, even though no, it's not the best work that I produce, but I, I learned what I learned from that particular exercise or homework or whatnot. So it really did um, was an interesting experience going to art school, especially when you don't know how to draw. However, you know, a senior in art school told me one thing, or you don't have to be good at everything. Follow your passion and find the one thing that you truly are good at. And I found it. And that thing was that I know exactly when to spot a really great design that truly aligns with either the concept or the messaging and everything, right? So despite of me not knowing how to draw properly, <laughs> I know how to design, right? 
it's just that you really need to play towards your strength. And I learned that, you know, maybe in the third year of my time in art school. But um, for other people, sometimes it took them years to just finally realize, stop wasting time on things that you're never going to be good at, right? Forcing yourself to go towards something that you know your skill actually lies somewhere else. You need to discover that to make sure that you can feel fulfilled. Because when you do, man, you're definitely going to soar and then, you know, on fire towards that and you know you're going to feel good about it. I love it. That is, yeah. And that's why a lot of the time I don't, um, the work that I do, I don't call it work because it's not work. And <laughs> my husband sometimes asks me, are you still working? I'm like, it's not work. <laughs> it's just, it's just what happens when like you feel good and you're on fire yes. and you just like make it, make it happen. And I, and maybe it's, maybe it's called flow, right? Mm. I think a lot of people call it flow. Yes. It's like that, that, that thing where it's like, you know, you're not pushing paper clips. You're, you're channeling your passions or something. Agreed. Um, okay, so that's Lovely. my years in art school, right? Let's fast forward to the year of 2011. Yes, 2011. Um, I got back from Poland. I'm in this relationship with my, well, longtime pen pal. I met him through college on MSN Messenger. God, I feel so old with that. Um, <laughs> right? And I just got back from Poland, to be honest with you, because I needed to file on my um, fiance visa so that I can go to the United States. I talked with uh, my husband back then. He was my fiance that we're going to maybe do you know, some learning a little bit more in the States first. And then maybe eventually when we're ready, we're going to move to Bali. So that was into it. How did you, yeah? sorry to interrupt that. How did you end up in Poland? Because you were studying in Indonesia, right? Oh, yes. Gosh, I skip a lot of things. Man, Marina, <laughs> this is not going to be enough to be covered in just like 25 minutes, right? And <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll try to recap. So I I got a scholarship through my time in, United, no, United States. Through my time in art school, I got a scholarship to go to United States, right? And uh, mm-hmm. for a three-month scholarship uh, with University of Arizona. Now, my longtime pen pal was living in Chicago. And I told him, hey, I'm going to be in Arizona. Let's meet up. And then he said, that's fantastic. I'm going to go to Poland so that I can get my master's degree. And I was like, what? I was actually trying to get, you know, an opportunity to get together with him, with him because I do like him. Um, and then, um, you know, something happened. He ended up, you know, coming to Arizona to meet with me and we ended up uh, become a couple. And then he proposed to me at the end of the first month that we were together. <laughs> so there's a lot of different wow. like stories like behind this. But um, yeah, I ended up like spending some time living in Poland um, to kind of get to know his culture a little bit, his family and that side of the country. And then just really, you know, open my eyes in terms of like traveling and seeing the world. I remember telling my dad, this is before I even, you know, have the chance to get the scholarship. I told my dad one day that I'm going to see the world. And he's like, you do that. Go for it. (laughs) I know he was joking, right? Because I have no idea how I'm going to do that. But, <laughs> you know, when you really do say things out loud, you share it to the world, share it with just one person, you'll be amazed how the universe really hear that and then plan, you know, some sort of like strategies to get you in line with the things that you really want. So, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That's really cool. I love that. And, uh, there's so much there. Like one month after you met him, you guys are engaged, <laughs> yeah. moved to Poland, and then, and then you come back to Chicago. So yeah. let's, let's go, let's go to that. And by the way, um, I just noticed you. Um, I didn't just notice. I noticed when I was uh, doing your background that um, you spent time at Sears Holdings, which I did too. Yeah. And I think we actually may have overlapped, but never met. <laughs> oh, you were. In- we were in North Street, and I yeah. was in the Hoffman Estates office, uh, which by super cool to be here and you know to have had some similar experiences. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like you know, you were designing um, at a couple of places. But I also noticed that you've been mentoring as a brand uh, design or as a designer, right? 
and then decided to found found uh, a company and become a co-founder or a founder. Mm-hmm. Um, and so what I'm interested in, like, shifting maybe gears here is, like, I mean, I hear it from you, like, you want to do this thing, right? And how did you make that switch between working in corporate and working for a design job to, like, moving into founding the company and, and doing this other, you know, different role, which is like, you're still doing design, but you're also like a co-founder of a company, right? So there's other responsibilities there. Whoa. Okay. Not entirely sure how to answer that because there's going to be a lot of different things that overlap. Um, when When I got here to Chicago in 2011, my mission was simple, right? To learn more what I needed to help really support me as a woman entrepreneur, because Back then in Bali, like, you know, over a decade ago, there wasn't really resources to do that. Now there is, which is fantastic. But if I were to stay and waiting like 10 years until that happened, I think that might be a little bit too late for me. So I did make So yeah. did you, sorry, so are you saying that you knew already at that moment that you wanted to be an entrepreneur? Yes. So because at that time I was already doing graphic design freelance work. So I Basically, just like, you know, working online, even though my parents thought that I don't have any job, sort of, right? (laughs) Anyway, so that happened. But I was honestly just stuck in my position because I didn't see other, you know, women um, graphic designer who were also doing freelance and didn't have entrepreneur mindset. Um, So I I really was looking forward to find some role model or mentor or whatnot that can really push me a little bit more forward. So when I got here, though, it was really nerve-wracking, to be honest with you, because I did not know anybody, right? When you come from, like, you know, your own country and then to a new country, not knowing anybody else besides, you know, your immediate family or, in this case, my in-laws and my husband, I didn't know how to put myself, you know, out there. And I know I needed to, but I was hesitating at that time. But... um, after I got married, my husband immediately asked me, okay, are you doing design freelance? I'm doing development freelance. Let's, you know, join forces together and let's build a company. So he proposed to me to do that, to build a company right after we got married. And I was like... He proposed to you when he got married and he proposed to you when he got married into a company. Exactly. And here's the thing. I think... That was a mistake, simply because we just got married, right? And I did not know what I'm getting myself into, to be honest with you. So if you are going to go to a professional relationship with your family or even with your spouse, right, make sure that you know how to really create boundaries between each other and separate that relationship between personal relationship and professional relationship. Anyway, so from there... I was honestly just doing my own thing. I keep doing my design thing, and then he kept doing the uh, development projects under the company. But we weren't really doing business portion or even like the development side of thing or the business planning side of things. Sure, we go to you know places like Score where you can get some resources and even like mentorship in terms of how do you build a business plan. But we honestly did not know what we were doing. We were like this glorified freelancers under an LLC, right? That's what we were. And it's it's no joke that we ended up, you know, not making a lot of money, obviously, because we were actually losing money our first couple of years in the business because we don't know what we were doing. We don't know how to set boundaries. We were telling each other what to do, which even makes it, more difficult for us as newlywed and also as new business partners right trying to juggle so many different roles in our life it was honestly very exhausting um yeah but there is a but (laughs) i did end up you know going out there because people keep telling us you have to go to networking events network 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 so finally like okay sure i'm gonna do this and i remember what my dad said right just be interested to people go out there yeah it's easy to for you to stay but when you start going out there and it's like okay should i just leave and go home i mean like i'm already here it's like that's just what's true so um 
I'm glad I did though. I'm glad I did push through and not just like, you know, chicken out and then just leave and go back home. I met incredible people, especially incredible women here in Chicago. There's so many different places that I would, you know, go in and connect with other women and honestly do what my dad um, told me to do. Just listen to their story and see where you could potentially, you know, provide value or even honestly just be interested. See if you um, can resonate with them and take away something that they have gone through in their life, their experiences. Um, I got lucky to be mentored by amazing women in Chicagoland area as well. And that really did shape me to where I am today, to be honest. They showed me ways that I can leverage my strength. They showed me how to really, you know, separate the relationship between the professional and personal relationship when it comes to working with my husband. They also opened doors for me. And that's, I think, the beauty of cultivating these relationships over time, Marina. And the thing is, I do all of these while also working at Sears (laughs) because I didn't make any money in my company. I was like, okay, I got to get a job, right? So I ended up getting a job at Sears for three and a half years while also doing the company as a part-time. Yeah, that's awesome. That's crazy. That is so cool. I like your conviction into that you knew that this this is what you were going to do, though. Like, that's really cool. And you never gave up on this dream. Why, why didn't you give up on <laughs> the dream? I'm just, I'm just, it was not a true question. So, yeah. we're like, you know, there's all these obstacles and all this, like, not making money. And there's not, like, there's there's never ending, like, maybe, like, how do you, you never see the owl? Mm-hmm. That's so, like, maybe in some instances you don't see the light. Mm-hmm. But, like, what, what made you stick with it? There are a couple of reasons, to be honest with you. The the one big thing was that I wanted the flexibility of, you know, taking control of what I want to do, right? And working a nine-to-five job at the time, it, it didn't give me that flexibility that I needed. But yeah. I stick with it because I needed the money, right? And even when I was interviewed um, at Sears, I told the manager, I'm here for the money. And they're like, okay, you're very candid. I like that. So, um, and I was, I wasn't joking because I would just want to make sure that, Hey, we're, are we on the same page or are we not? Right. And that gives me the opportunity to also be true to myself. Like I want to make sure that I have enough funding so that I can, you know, quit the job and then move forward with my business full time. That's what I have in mind. And I also wanted to, you know, start building family, right? I want to have kids and I want to make sure that I'm not going to get tied with the nine to five job at a desk or something like that. I want to be able to watch my, you know, kid grow while I also um, juggle my work for the better or for worse. Um, and, and, And I think I hold on to that very dearly because I know eventually I'll be able to get there. I also wanted to make sure that I can show up. I think my parents' um, expectation of me, okay, since you're not living here with us, you're like, you know, going half across the world trying to pursue what you love. You better come back successful, (laughs) (laughs) There it is. The mom I know, right? (laughs) So, um, yeah, I'm kind of candid in there. And and that's also one of the big things that I hold on to because, um, in a sense, it gives me, it gives me the inspiration, right? But in a way also, I need to not just do this for them, but also for me. Absolutely. That's really cool. I love, I love that you say that. Um, okay. Let's talk about, um, and how did you start it? Like, when was a good time to jump ship and be like, all right, I'm going all in, I'm doing this, <laughs> raise a flag, let's go. And then, yeah, tell me a little bit of the beginnings of, of the company. Yeah. So when my husband and I decided to build Sikalofia, I honestly wasn't sure, right, what we were doing. But we keep on going. We're, we, we were trying to, okay, like, maybe we can try this, we can try that. We were trying so many different things and I didn't see any result, right? We weren't growing at all. And I also realized that in order to build a company, 
we also need the funding to move things forward. We need to pay for like, you know, membership fee or advertising or even like marketing pieces. So I told my husband, I'm going to take this part time and I'm going to get myself a job so that I can use the money to fund the company. And I was like, okay, let's do that. Um, So I feel like the first couple of years, to be honest with you, it was a hot mess, especially for first-time entrepreneur like me, right? Yeah. Um, Going back, had I known what I know now, I think we all feel this way, things would be completely different. But I also feel like things happen for a reason, right? And there's this cool quote um, that I heard recently that say, you know, things happen for you, not to you. It's a really good reminder knowing that everything is already in place, right? You just have to keep pushing and then don't give up as long as you can just like, okay, if you can't run, you, uh, you walk. If you can't walk, you crawl. Whatever you do, don't stop. And it really do give some perspective because even though I'm not in the company full time, right, I'm still contributing. I'm still going out there networking uh, during, during my lunchtime at Sears. <laughs> not recommended, <laughs> um, definitely. And just like really figure out what can you do yeah. while you're doing one thing. And then if you want to build yeah. something on the side, right, is there something yeah. that you can do? in the planning or in in the, you know, strategy pieces so that you can feel that you are putting something together in the back of your life before you decided to take the leap and then, you know, go full in, in. right, with your company. So that's it. Is this so relevant? Yeah, Yeah, this is so relevant for the time because I feel like any um, person that I talk to right now, they do have the side hustle. They're trying to build their dream. They're working their remote jobs to make the money to fund their dream yeah. and working hard to do that. Um, and I love that you were doing it. Like you're one of the OGs. You were doing it before it was cool to do it. You were doing it before it was COVID. You were doing it when it was hard, when you had to be in the office. You cannot just like, um, you know, like take meetings and you're at home. And so you have that opportunity to like manage your meetings as you wish, you know what I mean? Like, and, and so like, I love, I love the effort and I admire your courage and your commitment to that so much. And it just gets me wondering, like, what was the point in which you decided like, I'm, I'm out of Sears, I'm out of my full-time job. And how did you get full Mm. in? That happened after I, after I gave birth, actually. So the first time um, that I, give birth to my son, I have this feeling that, okay, I'm, I'm still going to be, you know, in the office and things like that after I finish my maternity leave. Mm-hmm. And then we'll see how things are going to go. Right. But as soon as my maternity leave is over, I was like, ah, I want to be home. I want to be with my, you know, my newborn and everything. And my son, and sorry, not my son. Uh, my, my husband was doing all the work. While I was working, he was doing the business full time while having, you know, our son in front of him and this ergo baby, you know, what is this thing called? That thing. Um, Yes, the baby carrier thing. And he would send me pictures like, look, he's sleeping and things like that. I was like, ah, I'm missing all of these. And I think at the six month mark of my son's, um, you know, age, I finally realized that I need to get out of Sears. I start seeing, you know, there is some growth in the company. I mean, obviously, it's not as big as I want it to be, but there is, you know, a a growth that's substantial enough for me that I felt like I need to show up in my company full time. I also started hearing some of our clients get upset, right, because I didn't um, deliver things on time because I have to juggle a lot of different things being, you know, the first time mom the work and then the part-time thing with my company this was a lot of things for me to juggle at the time I wasn't I wasn't sure how to manage it all um, for the first six months then I just realized that I either need to quit Sears or I need to stay at Sears and drop my company I can't be doing everything like sure I could have done this before I have my son but now that I have my son I can't do everything right it's it's funny how you start to realize you know what's important for you and that help you really make the decision you need to do um 
And then, yeah. yeah, I called it. I told my husband, I was like, I, I need to quit Sears' job. And he's like, no, don't say goodbye to our, like, our paycheck. So like, my I know, right? To, to have benefits. I know, exactly. The, exactly. That's like, that's, that's like the trap. Mm-hmm. That's the trap right there. And it's so, I, I, okay, first of all, I admire you too so much for doing that because I know it, it happened, but it is the limitation of living in a, in a system in America where there is no public support for people who just don't want to work for corporate America. Um, but anyways, that's my rant about that. And I have a lot more. About <laughs> it, keep going. Sorry. <laughs> keep going. So he said no. Yeah. And then what happened? Or he, he said, don't do it. Yeah. I need the money. Yeah. And then what happened? I was trying to reason with him. And, and I think at the end of the day, it was obviously my call, right? Yeah. And he realized, okay, if we were to do this, then we need to have a plan. And I was like, sure, let's make a plan. But I'm doing this in the next two weeks. <laughs> I was like, crap. <laughs> so there's a lot of pressure for us too. But I knew in my heart that I need to make this happen, right? And I'm going to have to strive for it. And I'm going to have to figure it out. And um, it makes me feel fulfilled because I was not happy at the time juggling all you know, these different things. And I think he knew that at a time as well. And he finally realized, okay, yeah, let's, let's, let's do it. We will figure it out. We'll be fine. We have some savings, even though it wasn't much, um, but we, we did it anyway, right? He supported me all the way through that. And as soon as I said that I'm going to, you know, resign and everything and put on my two weeks notice, I felt really good. And on my last <laughs> day, Marina, I just cannot wait. It's like, bye, guys. Wish you all the best and wish me luck. See you in the summer. It was good, Marina. It was definitely good. But I'm not trying to say that, you know, with all of these excitement and everything, is everything's going to, you know, go on smoothly, right? It obviously, it wasn't. I quit in 2016. And... It has been another interesting year following that because I was trying to figure, okay, now I'm full time. What do I do? Right. What do I need to do to get some more growth, get more clients, get more revenue and just really looking at ways that I can contribute to the, you know, company in the most efficient way possible because I also have now, you know, the the newborn to take care of so yeah and the baby yes. at home and working yeah. and business is another thing hey yeah. at least having a newborn was a lot easier than toddler though so i'll tell you that right <laughs> <laughs> anyway um yeah it wasn't easy obviously right it, it's never gonna be easy though because i feel like when you start feeling comfortable then that means that you're stuck somehow you need to go after the next you know the next level mm-hmm. the next um, step that you need to do for your business your career or whatnot because i think that's where you need to find the opportunity that you can leverage and i immediately saw that i need to double up the revenue at the time in 2017 or something so i search online and try my own um, you know find my own um, opportunities and resources that i need how can i get there and just really equip yourself with the resources that you need that will help you get there. Um, yeah, I'm going to stop there for now. Yeah. What worked? Tell me like a few things that, you know, you're one, you were like, okay, I've tried a lot of things. What worked? Mm. Being in community that definitely helped me. So I know, you know, we, we can't really go to networking events as much like what we had in the past right but i would definitely utilize different community groups out there maybe there you know there are one that's specifically just for you as a mom and a working mom right i mean there are so many different groups that are very niche right now and i bet you you will find mm-hmm. your people there you will find you know the resources that you need to help support your own journey i would say start from there even yes. find one at least, right? Find one, get connected with people who are in the community. And again, be interested in them and just learn from what is it that they have done in the past. Can you apply some of that for your own, you know, personal and professional development and career? And then give back a little bit to build up that connection, that relationship with others. 
I love it. Um, what is Sikalofia? Now, obviously, you've been in the business. You've grown the business. It's 12 years in. Tell me a little bit about the successes you've had at Sikalofia, because um, we've heard all the, all the struggles in the beginning. Like, a true entrepreneur, I'm so, like, pumped about this. Yeah. Like, you're, like, like literally one of the... Uh, one of the true stories. Um, yeah, what's going on? Like, what, what has been some of the successes you've seen recently? And, and how do you, what is your mission now? That's really good. Um, so in t- 2017, I double up the revenue from 2017 to 2018 and then 2018 to 2019, right? We was able to do that because we started having this, um, you know, Resources in a private groups um, for creative entrepreneurs. I should have seek that a long time ago, but hey, it's never too late, right? Um, and really learn from what does or what did people who has done this before us did to even sell their agencies, right? Or even like twice their um, revenue, or even like making more. Um, income and profit and maximizing that for their agency. So I was learning a lot from those and applying it for our own company. And we were able to see that growth. And over time in that past year, I was finally, you know, learning how to let go on things. I mean, I'm a designer at heart, right? If I can do it, I can do it fast, Marina. But um, you you can't be everything when you are running a business, right? And trying to lead the team and trying to also talk to clients and do all the sales. Like there's a lot on your plate. And it was time for me and my husband to really bring in more people to help us out grow the company. So that's what we did. Um, We went from being, you know, two people company to, I think at that time was four and then four to seven and then seven to 10. And now we're at 12. Um, It was really incredible to see the type of people who came to um, our team and really helped supporting us along the way. And also learning this new role as, you know, um, people in the leadership, right? How do I communicate what I need our team to do and and the values that we have as a company, the culture we try to um, build together as a team? It was interesting to learn all of these for ourselves because (laughs) I was like, man, at Sears, I would just learn all of these because they just give you, you know, the documentation and then, you know, you learn from that. But now you're like on the other side trying to compile all this information, trying to really, you know, deliver the experience that your people need to learn from you. They look up to you, right? And they see you as inspiration and how they should also lead their project and own their own um you know, responsibilities in the company. So it was it was quite an interesting experience, I would say. I'm still juggling a few other things. Um, but it has been an interesting growth. Um yeah. What is um tell me the like um obviously your company has evolved in the twelve years, right? Like you said. Tommy, give me the the pitch for the elevator pitch for Sikalopia today. Why would people buy into the company or contact you? Um, uh, you know, if they need help with an agency. Yeah. So my company, Sikalopia, is a digital brand consultancy. We are here in Evanston, uh, a little bit, you know, south of um, Chicago. What we do here, honestly, we help women-led brands, um, primarily those who are in femtech space or D2C, to really leverage their brand online, right? How do we do that? What we tend to do is that to really take them into this discovery and strategy process to really understand what foundation do they have for their brand. Oftentimes, they get lost in terms of who they're really targeting. We tend to hear like, yeah, I target everybody. But no, you don't really. You don't target everybody. Or sometimes they have like a specific type of target audience that say, I'm targeting women between the age of 25 to 35. Well, that's still very broad. Who are you talking to? And um, there's so many times that I've talked to different women founders that they overlook who it is that they're trying to serve, right? On top of that, 
having the foundation they need to thrive in terms of that brand positioning that they need to leverage and also the communication that they want to convey towards their audience. If you really look at it, right, mm-hmm. when you build a business, the sole purpose of building a business is to create customers. When you don't create customers, your business will die. So that's how we tend to help, you know, these women founders. And on top of that, we are a nerd. Well, not a nerd, like we are a team of nerds, to be honest. So we have, you know, techies and nerds, uh, designer creatives, all of us banded together to really, you know, help these women-led founders um, have a trajectory they, they are looking for online. So we transform their website from just a simple website to something that they can truly you know, see conversion on and making it their goal mine. So that's, that's us. Oh my God. I love it. You're helping other women like you build their companies and it's amazing. I love that. So here, listen up. So if you're a woman in, in FinTech or DTC, which is direct to consumer brand, which means like you're have a product or a service that you're delivering to your consumers via some type of website or digital application, please reach out to Ari. She is also a mentor. Um, she will help you through Sikalofia with your branding strategy and, and growing your customers base. Uh, but she's also a speaker. So if you do want to invite her to speak at your company and talk about all these amazing things, please do so as well. Did I do you justice? Thank you. Yes, yes. You. I'm sorry. Was say that again? <laughs> I said, did, I, did I do you justice? Oh my god! Yes, yes. That is okay, beautiful. Thank you. Just one clarification, though. It's not fintech. Yeah, it's femtech. So I know it's a very new femtech. term. Yeah, femtech, female um, health and wellness technology. Thank you for that. Yes, I heard fintech, but I, I appreciate that. So it is femtech, which is, means feminine, fem technology. Or is it is it led by women technology? No, is that what it, that means? it's female health and wellness technology. Female health and wellness technology. Yes. But is it um, specifically targeting to female health and wellness? Yes. Got it. So it is even like more niche. Mm-hmm. It's like, um, give me a few example of, of what femtech yeah. is. Do you know that um, the period underwear thing? That's a femtech. Yeah. Uh, another one. So uh, do you know a company called Cora, which um, the, uh, what do you call that? The, the cup for menstruation? The, the diva yes. cup. That's yeah. a femtech too. Or if you know a a really cool company that's all about being awkward. It's called Awkward Essentials. They have this thing called Dripstick that basically help women get excess semen out of their vagina. So that's that's a femtech. That's so interesting. <laughs> Look into that. Um, so there is this woman that I follow, um, and I. I'm this is like her name is escaping me and I should know her, but she's like this this awesome pharmaceutical lady. She dresses in pink. I'll send you the link. She she's really cool. Um and she is invented the or she's trying to push to market the first female Viagra. Ooh, so that's that, so cool. Yeah. I love to chat with her. That's something femtech. Yes. Okay, perfect. All right, awesome. All right, um, great. So believe it or not, we're at time, and I want to, like, just ask you a few outros questions, if you don't mind. Yeah, what are, what is uh, one book that you have gifted the most? Um, or it could be a resource or a podcast, whatever it is. Yeah, the one book that I give out the most would be this one from Ellen Dibb. It's called One Page Marketing. So definitely nice. take a look at that one because it truly help you map out how do you um, leverage what you already have. You might not even realize that you have everything you need to do marketing, but in a more strategic way. So that's one, one page marketing from Ellen Dib. Love it. Uh, what is one book you would write? I would write Mm-hmm. I'm writing one right now, actually. So um, I'm writing one right now with my husband. Um, 
It's a book all about our process and how do we really take on, um, you know, branding on the digital space and leveraging your website to create more conversion or creating winning websites. But if I'm not where, um, if I'm not writing this, I envision myself writing things around getting women the resources they need to push themselves forward. I think as I was growing up, even right now with my sisters, I think they're really, really stuck right in their life right now with all things around technology and even tourism are contradicting in their life. Do we lean towards technology or do we stay in tourism, right? I feel like we have been in tourism for so long as an island um, in Bali. To pivot into something else during this pandemic can be really scary. And I think a lot of people felt that. So maybe that will be my second book. We'll see. I will, I love, I will love to read that. I think that would be so inspirational, especially coming from you and your story. Because even though you came from a country that is patriarchal, you have so much power in you as a woman and I've enjoyed thoroughly listening to your story. So I thank you so much for sharing that with me, educating me about uh, the femtech health space and um, about your company. So thank you for coming on the podcast. It's been my pleasure. Honestly, it's my honor, Maria. Thank you so much for having me. You have been the amazing host for this and I, I cannot <laughs> wait to also listen to all the other episodes as well. That's awesome. Thank you so much. Woo! There you have it. I hope you liked this episode and please don't forget to share, like, comment on the podcast link. Tell all your networks and friends and family about it. Submit a recommendation for guests at Subscribe on your favorite podcast app. Donate by clicking on the anchor link and help me continue to make great episodes. You can find all this information on www.unbossed.io. See you next time. Oh, that was good.